This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Coming up on Stu Does America, we are live from Dallas on the Blaze TV and YouTube channel right now uh, to bring you the latest results from today's Senate runoff uh, in, election, uh, in Georgia. The polls are closed. Uh, about an hour ago, uh, there's a few precincts still kind of votes are trickling in. Uh, we're going to be able to give you the most up-to-date uh, information available. We'll be joined some, uh, by some great guests. Sarah Gonzalez is going to be here. Steve Dace is going to be here. Glenn Beck is going to join us. Ali Stuckey later on. Don't miss a minute of it. And a quick programming note at the conclusion of tonight's live broadcast, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're switching over to the Stu Does America YouTube channel for some extra coverage. What you should do right now is we're getting going. Go over there right now. Subscribe to that channel. Make sure you click the bell. You'll get an alert when we start our broadcast. Uh, if you just go to YouTube and search for my name, Stu, I'll be the first channel there. It's easy to do. Uh, the fate of the Senate, potentially the future of democracy itself is on the line. So let's dive right in and do the Georgia runoff results. Stu does America. It's time, everybody. Panic! It's time! The results are about to come in in Georgia. They're coming in as we speak. We're monitoring every little aspect of it. Uh, and it's interesting. Here's the thing. It's going to be close. Both races are going to be close. Let me give you a couple tidbits of information here as we start off before we kind of get into our guests and kind of give you as much information as we can possibly give you here uh, on election night. This election night is almost as big as the real thing, right? I mean, it feels normally you'd be like, OK, there's another Senate race or two that's going to trickle in with the results of a runoff. This is control of the Senate. And as you know, control of the Senate is really important in this particular circumstance. You do not want the Democrats to have control of the Senate and the House and the presidency at the same time. Bad things go on when that is the case. So hopefully, and I, I'm just you know, telling you, like, this, is not, this is not some, I'm not fake newsing you here. I'm not giving you the, I'm a journalist and have no opinion on this particular race. I gotta say like, you know, look, I would like to get at least one or two of these Senate seats in the hands of Republicans because divided government under these circumstances is really the best case scenario. I mean, the Democrats have the House for sure. We're going to have either divided government or we're going to have an all Democratic government. And I do not want that. I think that would be very bad. So that is what we are looking at tonight. A um, couple things here. Uh, the Republicans need to just win one of these two races. We have Kelly Loeffler, Loeffler against uh, Raphael Warnock in one race and in the other race, uh, Purdue. Um, and he's going against Ossoff. Now, these two races are basically a package deal, I think, for most voters right now. Will there be some splitting of the tickets? I think so. We've seen some good arguments for perhaps Purdue doing a little bit better among black voters. And there's there's some differences here right now. Uh, as the votes coming in, we're seeing about a, a, a two tenths of a percent split with Purdue doing a little bit better than Leffler at this point. But it's still early. We don't have enough information really to know how this thing is going to turn out. What we're going to do here is look at the turnout. One of the big things that uh, is an indicator as to how the Republicans will do is how strong the turnout was today. If the turnout is big, if, we, if that turnout of Election Day vote 
hits, let's say, seven figures, gets around a million or more. Very good for Republicans. Under that could make you pretty nervous. There's a lot of factors as this stuff comes in. Um, There were exit polls, uh, the early exit polls. Now we know exit polls in a situation like this, I think, are highly questionable. The CNN exit polls, I would say, looked pretty good for Republicans. uh, But you throw your hands up and you just that that information should go in your ear and then out the other because we don't know what it actually means. Uh, These, uh, you know, exit polls are famously unreliable. We are looking at one of the most expensive Probably the, the most expensive two Senate races of all time. $300 million spent on the Warnock-Leffler race. $300 million. That can't get any higher than number two, however, because the number one race of all time, $404 million spent on the Purdue-Ossoff race. Now, that's not a shock. We knew a lot of money was going to go here, but it, these numbers are huge. I mean, they're huge. Uh, and these will set all sorts of records for turnout in Georgia, uh, as you might expect. And we're going to be kind of monitoring this as we go. One thing we're looking at is we're looking at county level results. Uh, as the results come in, this is going to be a little bit different than what we had on the presidential election night. On the presidential election night, the, uh, the day of vote was released first. That's why Trump got off to a big lead. Then the late vote came in, um, which was the calculated it was calculated late, but it came in early. So they I don't know why they do these things. I mean, it's so frustrating. It was why it was such a freaking confusing night in November in Georgia. They had the uh, early vote come in. They counted that last last time. This time looks like we're going the opposite direction. So right now you're seeing a lead for the Democrats, but Republicans are believed to uh, eventually going to cut this gap quite a bit. And it's going to be a very close race. I wouldn't say you can look at these results that have come in so far and determine who's going to win. What we're doing is is we're comparing counties. We're looking at county level results uh, from uh, the Purdue Ossoff race in November uh, because the other race had like a zillion candidates and you can't really tell anything from that one. But the Purdue Ossoff race, looking at those results, comparing them into counties. Some of the counties have already turned in all their votes or at least most of their votes. You can kind of get a sense. I will say I've checked dozens of, of these things as of right now. They look really close to how they looked in November, indicating a very close race. Now, Purdue was ahead of Ossoff in that race in November. That If that plays out again, uh, Purdue obviously would hold that and get above the 50%. That's the way these elections work in Georgia. We're going to go through all of that. We're going to go through all the results as we go. It's Stu Does America. We're doing uh, Stu Does the Georgia runoff results tonight. Stay with me. We're going to stay here for about an hour on the Blaze YouTube channel. At any point, you can pop on over to uh, the Stu Does America page and subscribe uh, there. You can uh, follow the page and click the little bell, get the, the uh, notifications, because when this hour is over, we're going to pop over to that channel and give you extensive coverage uh, going into the night to look at these results and see what we have. These are the, this is probably the biggest, certainly the biggest Georgia Senate runoff that I could ever remember. But I mean, this is the biggest kind of Senate race. This is the control of the Senate. A lot is on the line. A complete catastrophe could be here if the Republicans lose both of these races. The other side could be something where, you know, the Republicans are able to stop a lot of the nonsense that goes on. We'll get into that and all the ramifications coming up tonight on Stu Does America. Back in a second. Now, I'm just saying, if the results go badly tonight, you might want some wine. Just saying. 
First Leaf is a great way to get that wine. Why? First Leaf is a wine club that sends personalized selections of wine from top vineyards around the world directly to you. Every bottle handpicked by experts with your exact preferences and palate in mind. Think of it like almost like a stitch fix for wine. They're going to match your preferences. First Leaf uses an algorithm. Uh, you and your feedback uh, create to curate your future wine recommendations. And with First Leaf, you'll always get award-winning wine for an unbeatable low price. I'm going to send you, like, my wife got six bottles in the mail uh, just, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, six bottles for $29.95 uh, for free shipping. That's the deal you got going on right there. you got to go to tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. The slash stew part of the address is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. So are you nervous yet? The results are coming in right now as we speak. Right now, I'll give you a little rundown. John Ossoff, 53%. David Perdue, 47%. That is in one race. The other one is 53.5% for Warnock. Kelly Leffler at 46.5%. It's very early. Again, the early votes are coming in first. This is not necessarily a reason uh, to panic. Uh, though, uh, you kind of look at some of the people breaking these things down. Um, maybe a slight favorite, very slight favorite breaking for uh, the Democrats at this point, the prediction markets seem to think is a slight favorite uh, going to the Democrats. And, and I think I think what we're going to see tonight, and I will be surprised if this isn't true, both races going the same way. Uh, you could see a split. It's not impossible, but it would have to be right on that razor's edge. These these candidates are running, you know, two tenths, three tenths of a, of a point apart from each other. It's very, very close. Joined now by Sarah Gonzalez. She's the host of The News and Why It Matters right here on Blaze TV. Uh, and you should make sure you subscribe to Blaze TV as well as Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube. Be uh, sure to head to her channel and subscribe now. You can always subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash stew. The promo code is stew to save some money. Sarah. Hey. Panic level. One to one zillion. Where are you? Uh, whoa. That is, that's, <laughs> a a large, that's a very large yeah, scale. Yep. Uh, I don't inflation know. is going on. I don't know if you're right, spending right. a lot of money. 100,000? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> that seems low, I think. <laughs> you don't seem that panicked. I'm, I, I mean, I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to. I feel like there should be like an optimist here, and I don't feel like it's going to be you. <laughs> so I feel like it has wow. to be. Wow. Yeah. That, that is that hurts. hurtful? That hurts. <laughs> I mean, I. I it's Georgia, right? That's what this I This is keep freaking Georgia. It's Georgia. This cannot possibly be happening in Georgia. And it's not like these uh, Democrats are what you would call moderate, run-of-the-mill Democrats. I right. mean, especially when you're talking about Warnock. Yeah. I mean, you are talking about a radical person, a very, very radical person with a very sordid history. <laughs> We're talking about electing him. And you've got the Democrats in charge of everything. I mean, that's that's terrifying. I can't possibly believe that Georgians would choose that. I just can't. You know, I go back and forth on this a little bit as to who I'd be more scared of winning this race, Warnock or Ossoff. And I. Because Warnock, I think, is is the more radical candidate, yes. right? Like he yes. is a crazy person yes. uh, to me, and and like I'm a conservative, so that's going to be the way that it falls. But like the, the guy, you know, he's praised Fidel Castro. Yes. The, you know, he seemingly cannot stand Israel. Uh, he is, you know, he's had incidents with his wife. He's like a Jeremiah Wright clone. Uh, yeah, really. yeah, Jeremiah Wright 2.0. Yeah. Um, where Ossoff is more Beto 2.0. Absolutely. But Be and I don't think Ossoff is a guy who is 
necessarily as crazy overtly as Warnock. But Ossoff, I don't think Warnock's ever going to be elected president of the United States. If Ossoff has a, a good career, uh, he, I mean, he's the type of person you could see long-term damage coming from him winning a race like this. Yeah, I agree. And I think the thing that is so scary about Ossoff is the fact that he is like your standard Beto. So we, I don't really know that he has any convictions. I don't really yeah. think he's an ideologue. I think he'll go kind of wherever the tide takes him, wherever he thinks that he can have that longevity in politics. And yeah. I think that that is what is so scary about Ossoff. I mean, that, but then again, we've got uh, an incoming president and vice president who seem to be the same thing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the, the Democrat card now. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's been Biden's whole career, right? I mean, he's look, Biden is a liberal, but he's as has happened with Republicans over the years, like there are times where moderate Republicans maybe have more influence and there are times where more conservative Republicans. Same thing happens with the Democrats. And Biden just tries to follow that little bouncing ball around the left. Mm -hmm. He's never going to go right. He's never going to be moderate. It's never going to happen with Joe Biden. But he will go from liberal to insanely liberal yeah. and bounce back and forth there to kind of follow the tide. That's where you kind of see Ossoff, you think? Yeah, I do. I mean, because again, I don't think that he has any real convictions that he will take a stand on. I think that he will go wherever the tide takes him, wherever he thinks that he can get that political clout, because I think that that's what it's all about for him at the end of the day. Warnock is just, I mean, he very clearly uh, hates America and uh, really hates Israel. <laughs> Not a really, fan. Yeah, Not really hates Israel. Also his ex-wife. So mm. um, he is someone that, you know, is equally terrifying, but just in a different way. Yes. Okay, I agree with that. The devil you know versus the devil you don't know, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. What do we, I mean, what has happened in Georgia? I mean, forget like, because we could talk about the election stuff all day as far as fraud and all of that. But what we can, I think, pretty clearly see is that this is no longer a red state. Yeah. This is now a purple state. Um, you know, it's, it was obviously very close. Re Republicans had the lead in the Senate races uh, in, in, in November and the presidential race, obviously razor, razor thin margins there. And here, I think we're going to have more close races. This is a purple state now. It's a big purple state. What has happened? Uh, you know, it's interesting. We had this conversation on um, the News and Why It Matters as well. And we were talking with Eric July and Eric pointed out, which I completely agree with, that it's Atlanta. Really, it's, it's Atlanta. When you're looking at that, you're looking at uh, the culture. The way that they've shifted the culture in Georgia has been through Atlanta, and it's been through the entertainment industry, uh, you know, the, the hip-hop industry. Uh, those industries are very large in the Atlanta area. And as we know, politics is downstream from culture. And I think that they've changed the culture in places like Atlanta, and it's just kind of trickled down into the politics, as we're seeing. Um, when I have my optimistic moments, which are rare, as, as, as I say, they do occur okay. occasionally. And when I look at this state, I, I think to myself, the profile of the person who went from Republican to Democrat in this cycle seems to be Atlanta suburbs, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and those people looked at Trump and said, eh, you know, again, I don't like him that much, but I'll, I'll, I'll vote for a Republican Senate candidate. There's a, there's a, you know, a decent spread between those two. Right. Here, you kind of think that like those same people who could go either way where Eric Erickson was on yesterday, he called them 401k voters, people who just want to they want stability. They want their pocketbook to be protected, but they're not ideologues either way. Mm -hmm. You have to think those people look at this and say, do I really want the Democrats to run the entire government? I mean, that ha did that connect with people in Georgia? 
I, you'd hope that it would, right? You'd hope if they're paying attention at all, it would. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think the average American voter is not paying that close attention. I think that they're listening to the snippets that CNN gives them or wherever they're hearing the political ad that you know comes across, the 30-second ad that comes across their screen. And I think that that's all that they're listening to. I don't think that they're doing their homework. I don't think that they're connecting those dots. I don't think that they're going, oh, wait, the mainstream Democrat Party was just talking about raising my taxes here. Oh, wait, they're talking about uh, you know getting rid of the oil industry which is going to you know, cause a whole big disarray everywhere else. And I don't think that they're thinking about the way that it's all going to trickle down to them. I, I, I would like to believe <laughs> that they do, but I just don't think that they get it. You know, we talk about uh, you know, back in the old the days of the founding of this country, it's a republic if you can keep it, right? Yeah. People needed to be engaged. Yeah. And more and more, I think people see this as this like entertainment product, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can go and you can check out what's going on. Like, is my team winning or is the other team winning? And that is not a healthy way to run a country. I mean, people are are not engaging with what these things really mean. Yeah, no, I would completely agree with that. And the create part, you know, me being the optimist here, Mm -hmm. is not going to get better. (laughs) (laughs) That's the optimist. Wow. It's not going to get better. It's just going to get worse because we seem to be doubling down on this football team type mentality uh, that it's my team versus your team. And I'm not really actually looking at the negatives and the positives. I'm just looking at the fact that uh, my team's winning or my team's losing. I think that but I think that we're seeing that because social media, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, where you can just pop off that really quick uh, you know, uh, clever saying instead of actually digging in and doing the research. And I think that that's why we're seeing. We it. seem to be on a yeah. path to idiocracy. Yeah, we really are. And I, I know people have made that observation, but. See, I threw the optimism out the window. <laughs> no, yeah. I totally tried good. to hang on to it. it. You did a great job there. It was a good 30 <laughs> seconds of the show now. But it does seem like we just go down that road. And I don't know how. I mean, I think, you know, you talk about people who watch The Blaze, you talk about people who listen to talk radio. You might say, oh, well, I don't like what those people think. You might say, well, I don't like that they're too conservative or they believe Donald Trump too much or whatever it is. But at least those people are engaged. Even if you disagree with them, they are listening to 15, 20, 30 hours a week of talk radio or, or they've got the blaze on or, you know, whatever the channel is all day long because they care a lot about the country and its future. And you might disagree with their their outcomes there. I, I think so much of this stuff gets now controlled by people who tune in a week before the presidential election and never think about it for four years. Yeah, I am all for uh, putting some like uh, some fail safes in place for voting. Like you definitely <laughs> you should not be allowed to vote if you can't pass a basic quiz about, you know, who's running for what and what their platforms are. I am all in favor of that. Can you imagine? First of all, the voting, the turnout would go down to like 4%. Which is great. <laughs> yeah. I love that. But those people would at least know what they were voting exactly. on. Exactly. I always say this all the time. Learn, then vote. Right. Right? Like, don't rock the vote. Learn, <laughs> right. then vote. Yeah, I, that, that was one of the most damaging things, I think, to um, um, the American voting system was MTV's Rock the Vote. I think so, too. It really was. Because it encouraged this, like, sort of blind activism yes. for young people. Yes. And, like, first of all, you should, when you're young and you're 15 years old, you shouldn't be out marching. You should be out having a, you should be enjoying your childhood. But yeah. secondly, when you turn 18 and you can vote, don't just blindly run just and vote for whatever, whatever, you know, Kardashian told you to vote for. <laughs> Go there and, and learn about the system. Understand what the ramifications are. We just skip the learning part. Yeah. And, and so many people are just voting because voting is our responsibility. I, I, learn, then vote. That th- Both of them are your responsibility. Yeah, if it's your responsibility, you probably should get educated about it. Yes, right? Yeah. I thought so. Okay, Sir <laughs> Gonzalez, you're back.
I'm T back. Was today the first day? Yes. This is big. This yeah. is big. News and White Matters. Sarah Gonzalez is back. She's uh, she's hosting that. She's got Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered as well on YouTube. You can subscribe there. Uh, and make sure to subscribe to Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. And remember, at the end of this hour, we're going to go over to the Stu Does America YouTube channel. Don't miss that. Uh, they're going to have bonus coverage going on uh, into the night as we look at these results and try to figure out what the hell is going on in all of our lives. Just search for my name, Stu, on YouTube, and I'll be the first channel there. Sarah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, back in a second. Okay, let's give you a quick update on where we stand right now with the Georgia Senate runoff uh, results. Uh, the results right now, we're still early. A lot of the early vote is in. A lot of the election day vote is not right now. Both Democratic candidates lead the Republican candidates by about 13 points. That's not out of the ordinary as to what we would expect in this race at this point. One interesting thing to look at is the split between Purdue and Leffler. Um, coming in, who's going to outperform the other? Is there going to be a split ticket on a lot of these things? Right now, we're seeing a very small amount of vote that is splitting the ticket. There's about a 0.4% uh, split where Purdue is outperforming Leffler. To give you an idea, so that means Warnock is doing a little bit better than Ossoff, but we will see if that matters. I mean, it's going to have to be razor-thin margins for that to actually matter. The prediction markets are interesting right now are leaning heavily towards the Democrats. Uh, that's what they think right now. The New York Times has their little fancy needle going on. They have a little lean towards the Democrats, but it's, it's, it's slight. The question is, I think here, if whatever party wins is probably getting both of these seats. So this, just get a little bit more nervous. And uh, if you want to freak out, I have the best man in the universe to freak out with, Mr. Glenn Beck. Glenn <laughs> from his house. Uh, Glenn, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. You bet. I am uh, so frustrated watching all of this. Uh, I just saw I'm watching uh, the Atlanta station um, and uh, kind of popping back between local and national. And it is I mean, I'm getting a migraine from this. Chuck Todd was just on locally and said, you know, what the Republicans are planning and doing is like a is a five alarm fire for our republic. And like. Fair what coverage. are you even talking about? Um, and uh, he he again has said um, the, the thing I keep hearing over and over again. It may be till the end of the week before we know. So when did this happen to us, Stu? When did this happen? We are the most advanced country in the history of all mankind. If we wanted fair elections to be counted. We have the technology to do it. Billions, trillions of dollars go through our banking system, and we are the bean counters of the world. And somehow or another, we can't, A, uh, have a, a free, fair, and stable election. And somehow or another, we, we've traveled back to 1856, where we're counting them with our feet, and an abacus? Why is it taking a week? Math is hard, first of all, and you need to understand that. Uh, especially, when, especially when two plus two doesn't always equal four. No, that's definitely true. You know, it's interesting. This is sort of the reverse of the November election night, where on November election night, Trump got off to that big lead, and it sort of like shrunk as we went on. They they counted the early vote and all the all the stuff that happened on election night. We may never know all of it. 
Uh, and tonight is the opposite, right? Like the, the Democrats are out to a big lead right now. They're up by about 13 points, but that's to be expected. And then the day of Election Day voting is going to come in and Republicans are going to tighten this thing up. The question is, will it be enough? I have so I have such little <laughs> hope. I mean, when you said, "Hey, you want to be depressed? I got the best guy to bum you out." I mean, I just somebody was at my house today, and uh, they were leaving, and they said, "Hey, you know, the Lord has this, and He knows what's going to happen." And I said, "I know because." I know he's coming soon. <laughs> the, the, the seventh seal is about to be opened. Any, I mean, what time is it? It could open. It could happen at any time. <laughs> it does seem to be a little bit too right around the corner uh, for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> looking at this, Glenn, what is this? Let's just let's go down this road a little bit here. Let's think about the 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 you know the, the horsemen of the apocalypse trotting through. And let's say Democrats are able to sweep these two races. What are we looking at? We, we went over this a little bit on radio today and tried to, to predict what the world looks like in a year. You were asking me the questions. Well, let me ask you the questions. What do these guys do? Everything. They, this, is, this is the end of a hundred year march um, uh, started you know, by Theodore Roosevelt and uh, Wood, Woodrow Wilson. Um, this is, if they get both seats, um, they are not going to piss this away. They are not going to moderate. Now, Joe Biden might think he's moderate, um, and he might actually try to moderate, um, any kind of craziness, but he's not going to be effective at it. Um, he is... I mean, I don't think he really, I think he thinks he is going to be the president of the United States. I, I don't think all the people around him and the people that are behind Joe Biden believe he's going to be president of the United States. They are. Um, Kamala might be. And there's no way they'll moderate. There, there's no way. They owe too much to the violent left. It seems to me, too, like if they were able to win both of these races and they have these razor thin margins, they may start off with stuff. I don't know, like a giant infrastructure plan, right, that will cost a lot of money, but maybe some Republicans come on board with. Two but years. This, they, have two they have two years. years. Two years. And what was the problem with Barack Obama? The problem with Barack Obama is, 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 I mean, we thought it was breathtaking how fast he was changing and transforming America. They didn't. The left didn't. They think that he squandered all of that time. They are going to come out. Let me just quote uh, John Kerry when he's talking about the Great Reset. And Klaus Schwab said, uh, tell me, uh, is Joe Biden going to be able to help us with this? And John Kerry said, I think people will be shocked at how breathtakingly quickly this happens in America. They have, uh, just like they had a plan um, four years ago to make sure that Donald Trump lost, and that included you know, getting all the media on the same page, making sure that they had um, uh, social media uh, banning people and squashing people and 
keeping real stories like Hunter Biden um, aside, they had a plan. They have a plan now. Just because Republicans never seem to have a plan, the Democrats do. And they're not going to squander this time. Yeah, I mean, do you see it? Because I think there's a a couple of different approaches here, right? With Obama, they looked at this as potentially building this like juggernaut that would last forever, right? Where they could, you remember all the stories at the time, the Republicans will only be a regional party from now on. They thought they had this thing won over a long period of time and they could advance all these projects as they went. But at at the end of the day, He's out of office and Donald Trump wins. Like the, the American people say, we don't like that. We don't want any more of that. No more, please. On the other hand, their first two years, when they had control of all three, they were able to get a lot of lasting change. And I feel like that's the lesson they learned. When we have the power, use it to, for all of its worth and just go as hard as we can. They are going to take on guns because that's mm. way too important. They are going to take on health care. You'll have a single payer health care if they have both houses and uh, the White House. Um, and I think they will uh, absolutely pass the Green New Deal. Those things are coming um, if they have uh, both houses. And anybody who says that, I mean, it's nice to hope you know, that pigs have wings and wishes are horses, but they're not. Um, It's nice to hope that they, you know, wouldn't um, get rid of the filibuster and just destroy our republic. But um, they've already done it in the House. I mean, there's a possibility they're still counting votes, strangely, but there's a possibility they only have a spread of nine seats in in the House mm-hmm. of Representatives, which is remarkable, it is the it's the smallest margin um, since the, the Civil War. With the guy who's the president, his party on the first term has a margin that small. And what did they do? They get rid of all of the House rules that allow the other side to even have a voice, not to be able to stop bills going through, but to be able to debate them. If they're doing that now in the House, they will absolutely do it in the Senate. And you're going to see things railroaded through. Oh, I mean, I, 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 let me give you one more. I've got one more minute left here. You wrote a, one of the best books about guns that's out there. It's called Control from a few years ago. This is one of those things I think the Democrats are really going to target. They're going to be, you know, God, God forbid the first mass shooting that happens if they have control of all of this, that filibuster will be gone and they'll be pulling these rights away as soon as possible. Is that what you think is going to happen? I, I'm going to say I hope not, mm. uh, because I don't know what if there is no moderation and a march towards government control and a march towards getting away from the First Amendment, and the Second Amendment, I don't know what. I don't know who or what can stop the American people from saying, we got nothing left. What are, what are we doing standing around? You cannot let them take our freedom of speech, our freedom of religion, and our freedom uh, to bear arms. Uh, scary stuff. Scary. Uh, Glenn Beck, of course, host of the Glenn Beck program on radio and Glenn TV as well. You're going to have a live special tomorrow night. Is that right? 
Yeah, live special tomorrow night. We have a lot of guests who are just waiting to see how things shake out before we book them. But it is all going to be on the strategy of the right and the left. Where do we go from here? All right. Uh, go, make sure you can subscribe to blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. We're also going to be having extended coverage here tonight when this hour is over, over on the Stew Does America YouTube page. You can go over there and subscribe and click the bell to get the notification for when it starts. Glenn Beck of the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn, thanks for coming on, man. You bet. Thank you, Stu. See you right. in the morning. Yep. See you in the morning. Bye. Back in a second. All right, let's talk about life insurance. Now, it makes sense why people get it, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? I think we all know that's a sensible idea. If you're asking yourself that question, choose Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and very easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder has the, the you know, the, the, they have a bunch of nerdy scientist types, right? Computer people, they got the smart algorithms going on. They're working in real time. You'll find out if you instantly if you're approved, there's no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. Lock in your best rate today and get your family covered with Ladder. Go to ladderlife.com slash stew. L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. Be sure to use the slash stew part of the address if you would. That's how they know. You like this stupid show? Ladderlife.com slash stew. Ladderlife.com slash stew. All right. So as expected, the vote totals are, are narrowing. Republicans are catching up. Is it going to be enough? We see, you know, about a, we started last commercial break with a 13 point margin. It's now about, uh, let's say, a six or seven point margin. It is narrowing. What is behind all that data, though? What does this mean? Steve Dace, host of Blaze TV's Steve Dace show, joins us. Steve, what are you seeing so far? I'm not seeing a good trend line for Team GOP, Stu. Um, what I'm seeing, and it's early. But, of course, we haven't reached our magical 4 a.m. vote dumps yet because they have all the same uh, drop boxes. It's, it's kind of amazing, isn't it, Stu? Remember when Trump got mad at Brian Kemp for opening his state too early, right? Yeah. And, and so Georgia's been one of the first open states in the country. Why are they doing mass mail and voting like some lockdown forever blue state? I don't understand, but they're running it back. The exact same system, all the same drop boxes, everything, okay? But... Before we even get to that controversy later in the evening, a troubling trend line I'm seeing, I, I look at a place like Franklin County in Georgia, about 25,000 people, hardcore GOP County, Purdue and uh, Loeffler actually percentage-wise running ahead of Trump in, in, in November. The problem is, and this is what happens when a lot of people look at exit polling, they just look at the size of the slice of the pie and they say, oh, well, this person got this percentage of the votes in this demo or this county, so that's great. It's not the size of the slice of the pie, Stu. It's the size of the pie, okay? Like in 2016, Hillary Clinton got basically the same percentage of black voters Barack Obama got in 2012. There were just fewer of them. Mm. So it's not the size of the slice of the pie. It's the size of the pie. And so why Loeffler and Purdue are running ahead of Trump in a place like Franklin County, percentage-wise, the overall turnout numbers are down. 
Do we think that there was a big turnout today for day of voting? A lot of there's a lot of conversation. Obviously, we know Democrats are voting a lot on the mail stuff where Republicans are voting day of. Is there was there encouraging data at all? Were there long lines, anything anecdotal that we would see there? Anecdotally, I saw good stuff early in the day, later in the day, not so much. You know, now I don't know what that means because Georgia closes at seven o'clock Eastern time. So, I mean, I would probably prefer if I were a Republican, therefore, to have long lines earlier in the day, right? Uh, than later with an early closing time. The, the, here's, here's what it really just comes down to. And we can say outside the margin of mail-in voting, outside the margin of cheating, whatever description you're comfortable with, Republicans have to have a certain margin to compensate for what we know is coming here overnight. We just all know it's coming. Let's not lie to ourselves. Let's be consenting adults and, and just acknowledge what's really going to happen here. And so the question is, what what is the margin before we get to the, those, uh, the magical mystery tour that awaits us in Cobb and Fulton County, Georgia? Uh, Steve, let me take you to the long term here. Are we too into this right now? Like, for example, you know, if the Republicans win both of these races, uh, they're going to have, what, 52 senators. We know some of those senators are going to be people like Susan Collins and Mitt Romney mm-hmm. and Lisa Murkowski. I mean, this isn't a real strong majority in any way. Are they going to even block any of the stuff that the Democrats try to do? Way to ask the questions that, are, that my answer is going to tick everybody off. Steve. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. All right. Uh, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. Um, the reality is the Republicans are barely a Band-Aid are barely a, a stopgap against the Democrats. So one way to look at it, and I understand that argument, which is it's better than nothing. I'll take my chances. Even if I can pressure them and flip them around 20, 30, 40, 50% of the time, that's better than the no percent of the time I'll get if Democrats are in charge. Right. The other argument says, what's the point because of what you just said? And we've been throwing these stopgap Republicans up there for years. You know, if the people, we, I think we need to let the people feel the pain of the Democratic uh, propaganda they bought into instead of shielding them from it and sort of being a prophylactic, if you will, against the full insertion of American leftism. And and so I, I think it I, and, and we're kind of divided in our own ranks on that. Right. People take different positions on that. We argue amongst each other on that. Here's what I think we're learning tonight. And I didn't you know, I'm reminded of that scene in the dark night where the, the guy who has figured out that Bruce Wayne is the Batman walks up to Lucius Fox and says he's going to he's going to whistleblow. And he goes, let me get this straight. The One of the richest and most powerful men in the world, you're convinced is a vigilante that beats up criminals with his bare fists. And your plan is to blackmail him? Good luck, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that when I saw that Mitch McConnell said, I will not be bullied into giving you money that might actually help, but I will be bullied into funding, and, and I, but I don't have to be bullied into funding Pakistani gender studies, okay? And I thought to myself, hey, you can be against funding Pakistan and against payouts for Americans. And you can be against both of those things. You can't be for one, though, and not the other, right? And and I just didn't understand why the, the pitch the final weekend was, you get nothing, basically. Back Pakistan, Burma, and all these other countries get paid. Country stays locked down. You still can't open up your businesses and vote Republican no matter what. To me, good luck. I, I said over the weekend, I didn't see how that was a winning pitch. And I think you're learning tonight. It wasn't a very inspiring one. Mm. We have about a, a, about a minute left here, Steve. Um, go the other way. 
let's say Democrats win both of these races, we know there's a range of things they could do to the country, right? Everything we've, we've heard the sort of, uh, you know, the Supreme Court stuff, adding states, all of that sort of, uh, you know, foundational stuff. There's also the new gun control laws and tax increases. With only 50 senators and a very small majority in the House, how much of that stuff can they get through? That's a very good question, because we know Democrats have a tendency to act like they have uh, Venezuelan level of majorities, no matter what the numbers are. <laughs> but true. here you're talking about, I believe, uh, a dementia riddled president, potentially. You're talking about the smallest House majority in 80 years, the smallest Senate majority you could possibly have, increasingly aggressive Republican governors like Ron DeSantis pushing back on them. I, th- I think that we would see a level of pushback against Democrat power that we probably have not seen in our lifetimes, Stu, but have yearned for some Republicans to do for many years. Mm, It's going to be a very interesting next couple of years, no matter what happens tonight. Steve Dace is host of the Steve Dace Show right here on Blaze TV. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on the program. Uh, And uh, you can always subscribe. Watch Steve every day. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. You can watch the podcast as well. Or excuse me, listen to the podcast and subscribe there. Steve, thanks for coming on the program. Anytime, brother. Take care. All right. Uh, I'm going to be back in a second. Uh, Make sure you uh, get to the YouTube page. Uh, It's Stu Does America. Uh, There I am right there. Go to uh, search for the word Stu in YouTube. I'll be the first channel there. It's easy. Go subscribe. You can click on the little bell. They'll give you a notification right after this show. We're going to come back with extended coverage on Georgia. What is happening tonight? What does it all mean? Back with more in a second. As expected, as we've told you already, the races are tightening up quite a bit. Uh, Right now, about 56% of the vote is in. John Ossoff leads David Perdue 51.5% to 48.5%, about a three-point lead there. And then in the other race, Raphael Warnock, 51.8% to Kelly Leffler's 48.2%. So the split has stayed pretty consistent, about a half a point or less. Um, but uh, the split ticket is favoring Purdue a little bit. He's he's performing slightly better, but it's very, very close. Um, and honestly, Warnock is going to be just a disaster. He's going to be Mr. He's catchphrase guy. He's the guy who's like, uh, well, sla- COVID-19, well, slavery is the real problem. COVID-16-19. Ugh, we're going to have to deal with that nonsense every day if this guy wins. Um, I, I, I can't handle it personally. This is very close. To give you a couple of other things, uh, a couple of other data points from where we are right now, the uh, New York Times needle, which kind of famously tries to predict it as, as, as they're going, shows a slight, slight tilt towards Democrats, but less than two points in both cases. Uh, most of the differences in the vote that's coming in are favoring Democrats by about a half a point to a point. Uh, it's, it looks to be a very, very close election. This is going to continue to tighten as we go on. Now, we're about a minute and a half away from uh, starting up the coverage over on the Stu Does America YouTube channel. To get there, you just go to YouTube, search for the name. My name's Stu, uh, and uh, I'll be the first channel there. Go there, subscribe, click the bell, do all the things. Um, we do a show every night here on Blaze TV. And if you're on Pluto, we'd love to have you come back here and watch Pluto TV or wherever you happen to be watching. Um, we try to do a little bit different here. We try to give you the data. We try to give you honestly what we believe. I, you know, I get very bored with shows that kind of give you very predictable talking points every night. We don't do that here. Um, but we try to make you laugh and, um, and try to deal uh, with 
uh, with the hellscape that we tend to live in from time to time here in the United States of America in 2021. Um, so go there, make sure you subscribe. You can also subscribe to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash two. Promo code is Stu. I made the mistake today of going over to MSNBC for just a few seconds, just, just a few seconds. And uh, Brian Williams is there, apparently still working. And he says, coming up next, the woman of the hour, Stacey Abrams. It's like, isn't one of the candidates in the race you're talking about a woman? How is she not the woman of the hour? Stacey Abrams, the governor candidate that lost in her election. And now she's praised. She's never conceded the race. And she's now praised. She's the woman of the hour, but not Kelly Leffler, who's actually a candidate in the race we're talking about. Blows your mind. The coverage is going to be a nightmare. Uh, but we're going to try to avoid the nightmare. Stu uh, uh, Does America, the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Stu Does America. We'll see you over there in just a second. 